Welcome to the Female Millennial Entrepreneur Podcast, the show by and for female millennial entrepreneurs who are building and running thriving, successful businesses while living life to the fullest. I'm your host, Alessandra Polina. I'm here today with Kate Anderson, co-founder and operations director of iFundWomen, a fundraising ecosystem for women-led startups and small businesses with a mission of closing the funding and confidence gap by providing a crowdfunding platform, coaching, and connections, all designed to help female entrepreneurs start better businesses. Welcome, Kate. I'm so glad to have you on here. And I am so excited to be here. Great. I'm so like, I've heard of iPhone women for like a while just from being in the business space, I guess. But um, I'm so curious, like how, how long ago did you start it? And what, like, where did the idea for it come from? Yeah. So we're coming up on our third anniversary. We started in the beginning of November in 2016. And the idea came from really a personal need of um, myself and our co-founders. We really were looking for a platform that provided early stage female entrepreneurs with access to capital, but really more than that, with access to coaching, connections, and mentors. This did not exist. We couldn't find it. It's something that we wanted. So like all great female entrepreneurs, we built it ourselves. And we did started with a really simple beta of 25 entrepreneurs. And uh, since then, we've been so thrilled with the growth that we've had and the number of amazing projects we've had. That's awesome. So were you guys all, like, had you been on the other side of things at first to see the need? Like, were you entrepreneurs already? Or was this like your first project? Like, where did the, Mm -hmm. it sounds like something that would have been born from personal experience. Totally. So our CEO, Karen Kahn, started a, a company before I fund women. And uh, my other co-founder, Sarah, and I worked there. And um, it was a tech company that could not get funded. Uh, we were racking up credit card bills, going into debt. And our CEO was spending her savings on a startup that was never going to su- succeed. And she really thinks that she made all the rookie mistakes in a solopreneur bubble with no coaches or community to support us. And one of the biggest mistakes was going into debt to fund the earliest days of your startup before seeing if people are actually interested in what you're doing. Mm. So you're right. It, it was built out of a personal need from our own personal experience. So we decided to build a crowdfunding platform that provided access to capital, but really access to coaches and mentors to really help propel women forward in their careers. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, there's really nothing else like that, right? I mean, or have people started to copy you? But now I don't know. I feel like there's other crowdfunding platforms, but not with that other piece to it, which is so important, it sounds like. Yeah, you're exactly right. Um, And we feel like we're really creating an opening in the market here to say that women are starting 1,800 new businesses every day in the U.S., Yet it is very challenging for them to raise capital. Only uh, 1% of startups, regardless of the gender of the founder, ever raise venture capital. And what do the 99% of the other startups do? They take out a loan or they go into credit card debt. And as I mentioned before, we fundamentally believe you should never go into debt funding the early days of your startup. And crowdfunding is a great way to raise that early seed capital you need to get your business off the ground but also to build buzz and awareness to really kind of uh, put it out into the world that I'm ready to take my business to the next level. And this is what I'm doing to be able to get there. 
Yeah. Oh, and I, I bet so many people listening to this are going to want to get involved with this too, <laughs> because yeah, I mean, you don't want to, you don't necessarily have money when you're starting, but you need it obviously for yeah. So let's back up for a second. You three, it sounds like you guys all, th- there's three of you and you all worked together before starting this at that other startup. Mm-hmm. So you kind of already knew what it was like to work together and it, was it was it like one of you said let's do this thing and you kind of all three came on board together like how did the actual like how did it actually get started yeah that's a great question so uh, a lot of people ask us about finding co-founders having co-founders and i think that the way we kind of did it was a great example so um so we Karen was the CEO of our old company and Sarah and i both worked there and then uh, we had done a crowdfunding campaign ourselves as a last-ditch effort to save our company. And that's really where the idea kind of grew out of. And I was actually on maternity leave with my second child, but Karen, Sarah, and I really sat down and thought about this idea of creating a crowdfunding platform specifically for female-led businesses. And we built it. And at that moment, Karen asked both of us to be co-founders with her. Because we really, the three of us built this company together. And, and so our journey to kind of like all being co-founders is perhaps different than other journeys. But it, we really were in this like dating period of working together for a few years, really getting to know each other and knowing that we all had different skill sets and would really complement each other um, working together. And then Karen also knew that it was really hard being a solopreneur, having nobody to bounce ideas off of, nobody to share the burden and and everybody to like her being the sole person to make decisions. Mm-hmm. And so allowing Sarah and I to come on in that role, really, we were able to share a lot of those responsibilities. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It sounds like a really ideal situation because <laughs> you already knew you, you already knew how to work together and could kind of go into it all from that same place sounds amazing. Totally. So, and we really love each other so much. And I think that is really nice. We have a fun time working together and, and we bring different, different assets to the table, which really helps. Yeah, I'm sure. And I think, yeah, it gets, I mean, I've talked about this on a previous episode, but uh, like, it can be really lonely to be doing it by yourself. Totally. So I think I dream about the idea of like, what it would be like to start something with someone else because I don't know. Yeah. It's a whole different, it feels like it would have a whole different kind of, I don't know, feeling to it to have other people right along with you. So you said you were pregnant with your second child when you Mm -hmm. were getting this started. Yep. And now I've had, and now I had a third child uh, a little over a year ago. Oh, wow. So three kids. Do the other co-founders have kids too? Mm -hmm. So Karen has two kids um, who are older. Her daughter's in elementary, middle school and her son's in high school. Sarah, our other co-founder, is on maternity leave now. She just had her second son. And I have three kids all under the age of five. Oh, my goodness. Wow. So you guys are really, you're really all doing it. We're all moms, working moms. Do you guys, do you all live in the same area or is South would be remote? Are you? Yep. So I um, live and work in Boston and uh, Karen lives in New Jersey and Sarah lives in New York. Our team is based in New York, but I've always been uh, remote in Boston, which is really exciting. I, I feel like the Boston female entrepreneurship scene is really blowing up now and it's, I feel great to be a part of it. Oh yeah. So, so that sounds really interesting. You guys all have been in different cities. So how do you make it work in terms of um, like 
do you do every, do you do like video calls all the time? Do you guys get together in person in different cities Mm -hmm. once in a while? And from a business, from the business side of things, what does that look like in terms of like, do you have a big presence in those three cities? Obviously, Mm -hmm. I mean, most of it online, but like, what does it look like for, for just being spread out in that way? So our office is in New York. Um, Our team is based in New York. Karen commutes into New York. Sarah commutes into New York. I'm based in Boston. And then um, we're expanding to the West coast as well. Um, But all of the, all of our projects are digital. So most of our communication with people is happening over the computer, over zoom or Google hangout. But I get down there quite a bit. Um, I go to speak at conferences or we'll have events in other cities. So I'll see our team then. And, and then I try to get down to New York once a quarter. Wow. Okay. So there's a real office there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Office yep. out of. How yep. many people work at the company? Like, do you have a ballpark? 10 people work at our, our company now and we are hiring more people as we speak. Wow. Growing. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So what, a, what are kind of the new things you guys are working on? over there like what's mm-hmm. kind of coming up that you're hiring for? yeah we um we launched our e-coaching platform in april which is an on-demand coaching platform to really help people like who are both thinking about crowdfunding or thinking about starting their business or scaling their business and we've created a really accessible virtual platform that provides both personalized calls you pick the topic of the calls and workshops on all of the topics female entrepreneurs need help with. So we have hiring workshops, we have uh, finding co-founders, intro to Facebook ads or Instagram ads or startup therapy session or founder therapy sessions. We're really trying to cover all of the needs that early stage female entrepreneurs have. And what we're really excited about is we priced it at a super affordable price point to make it really easy for people. So it's $49 $49 a month for one call and unlimited access to workshops or $99 for two calls or unlimited access to workshops. So we're really meeting female entrepreneurs where they are by providing coaching and workshops at an affordable price point and on a schedule that works for them. Wow. Yeah, that sounds amazing. Everyone should probably go check that out. Right. Everybody after- should. <laughs> after listening to this, that's really, really good. I mean, it's yeah, it's hard to find the right resources and to know where to get that kind of information. Or I feel like I went through so many years of my business before I even realized that that kind of information existed at all. And it also just didn't exist as much and wasn't as accessible in ways like this. Like there was nothing like this. Totally. Starting. So that's really exciting. And so do you, I, I know this might not be something you know off the top of your head and I didn't tell you I was going to ask it, but do you have any kind of like ballpark figures of like how many companies you guys have have helped start or how many entrepreneurs like have taken part in iFund Women programming or anything like that over the years? Yeah, so we've had thousands of female entrepreneurs come through iFund Women wow. raising millions of dollars, um, which we're so excited to see. We know in general, the crowdfunding industry average amount that people raise across all platforms is $1,000. On iFund Women, that's $6,700, the average for every project. And then entrepreneurs that invest in our coaching that I had mentioned before, raise $22,000 on average. So we know that we're creating a a product that's better. And we know that when people invest in coaching, that they do better, right? When you commit to something 
and say, I'm doing this, I'm moving forward with this, I'm going to be successful, you are more successful because you're investing in yourself. And, and I think we're really trying to teach women that they really should be investing in their career success and their financial independence and in their future. And it's a little bit of a mind, mind shift change to do that, but it pays off in spades. Totally. So you're obviously like around this stuff all the time, but is there anything else that you or your team has done to kind of like, like people who have mentored you or different things you guys have done to help yourselves and growing your business and things like that? Yeah. So we have an amazing cap table of awesome female investors and we really lean on them for a lot of advice. We have Lisa Blau and Amanda Ilian from um, Able Partners. They've been awesome mentors for us. Rebecca Minkoff has been another fantastic one. Sally Krawcheck. All of these women have provided not only capital, but real good guidance for us. Susan McPherson, the list is, is a long and amazing list. But we've leaned on our investors a lot. And then personally, I think we've all looked at coaches and paid for coaches that we have thought will improve our careers, improve our, our jobs, and and then also invested in communities that are really valuable. So we're all members of The Wing. We're all members of Hey Mama, which is awesome. I'm a member of Dreamers and Doers, which is a phenomenal group. Karen is a member of Chief and a member of The List. There are all of these awesome kind of lady communities for different levels of your careers and different needs, but we're spending a lot of money in that space too, and really understand the value of paying for community and uh, taking advantage of all the resources that are part of a, a specific community. Yeah, that's awesome. Okay. I'm going to write down all of those things you just listed <laughs> that you guys are a part of and try, and try to put that in the show notes. Cause I think that is something that probably everyone should look into, see if any of them are applicable for their own business or things, I don't know, things to look into. Cause I have not heard of some of the things you just said. <laughs> they sound oh, they're like, awesome. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So, and so do you work out of the wing? Usually I, I've heard that's amazing, but what, like just being the person who's kind of working remotely and with three kids under five, which I have one who's four and I just can't imagine having two others. <laughs> I like at this time doing, you know, working and everything. It sounds like, a lot. Like, what do you, yeah. how do you organize your day? Like, what does that look like? That's, I don't know. It's busy. We have an au pair at home. She's phenomenal. So she kind of manages everything, um, mm -hmm. everything at ho home for our kids. We're like maniacal Google calendars. I think like the number one thing besides my husband being super hot that I love about him is he is maniacal with Google calendar. He's so good. There's no event that he does that is not on our Google calendar. And we have when it's me, my husband and our au pair and everything we do is on there. And it really is like kind of first come first serve. So if I want to like go out at night, I like quick put it on the calendar and then that means I'm good to go. But that really is like the number one guiding principle of trying to stay organized. But I feel like I'm like disorganized a lot of the time and trying to keep up with three kids and their schedule and like, make them like do fun and interesting activities and get them to different schools and, and like have dinner. I don't know. It's like every day at the end of the day, I'm like, wow, I did pretty good today. Or like, nah, not my best, but I don't know. I feel like life is busy and one kid is just as hard as three, right? Like I don't always love the idea that like 
someone's life is harder because they have more kids. In in many ways, like having more kids makes it somewhat easier because they can all play with each other and entertain each other, which is really nice. Well, yeah, I do think about that sometimes. No, that seems like it makes sense. But you know, three times the I don't know. Get your shoes Scheduling. on. Scheduling. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> get your shoes on. Get your shoes on. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. But so you get, I mean, you get out and you work outside of the house most of the day or. Yeah. I used to work in the house like um, when my daughter was little and then it just got, when we had my son, who's the second, it was too hard. And really for myself, my own sanity, I needed to get out of the house. I needed to like get mm-hmm. clothes on and put makeup on. And that was so important to me to really have like a separation of church and state to really be able to focus. And my kids were little and they were home. So they would never, we would have a nanny at our house. They would never like at daycare. So I like really couldn't get work done in the house. Yeah, I totally agree. (laughs) I recently started using an office for the first time and it's just really nice to be able to like go to work and then go home and totally be the same thing. So what does kind of like being operations director of something like this, like what does that, what does your kind of day-to-day work look like? Like what kind of stuff are you doing for the platform and like running the behind the scenes of that? Yep. So, um, so I really think of my job as like a Swiss army knife. It's a little bit of everything. So some of it is, is acting in a role of a co-founder and being a public face of the company. So it's doing podcasts, it's speaking at events. I've been doing a lot of that lately. It's networking and business development. Then another side is like managing payroll and managing HR. And then another side is sales and being responsible for sales for our team. Another side is communicating with our developers um, of how we're kind of improving our product and offerings. So it's really a little bit of everything in a lot of different areas. Yeah, that sounds like everything. (laughs) That sounds like a lot of different things to kind of be shifting between. It totally is. And how have you guys found, like, obviously, you must have people helping you with a lot of that stuff and the other things that go into running it. And I feel like that's sometimes one of the hardest things to figure out is like, how have you found the right people to bring onto your team to help you with stuff and work with? That's a great question. And we have grown a lot more quickly. And I think that that's something that people talk about, like struggling with a lot It is growth. It really is hard to hire new people and have personalities of everybody that fits together. We have done such an awesome job. I think our team is so great. It's really diverse, which I love. It's diverse in opinion. It's diverse in look and feel. And that, I think, provides the best opportunity for um, for us to really put the best ideas forward is to have different people, different opinions. We're not just women. We have two men on our team to be able to really create the best product possible for our audience. But, but, it, but it is hard. It's, you know, when it's three people, the three co-founders, you can talk about certain things or have kind of certain experiences. But as you grow, that becomes more challenging to do. But, but we've been lucky and, and we've got a great team set up and I look forward to seeing us expand even more. Yeah. Do you guys do any kind of like company culture type of things? Like where you purposely set up certain things within the business in order to, or like events or, you know, outings or like different things like that to keep the team really cohesive and get that. Now you're just adding something to my to-do list. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, we have focused on that um, and, uh, and kind of continue to, but 
but you saying that gives me anxiety. <laughs> Gosh, I'm sorry. I did not mean to add that on. I just feel like, I don't know. I mean, I can't even imagine having a team that large. And I mean, I know that's not, that's not huge for a totally, company yeah. like 10 people, but I mean that it just, that sounds like so many people to be dealing with on a day-to-day basis to me, just because I've not, I've not ever managed that many people. So think about like how to, I don't know how to make it work as best as possible. But yeah, I mean, no, it's been great. And, and uh, I think we, I heard the expression, if you want to go fast, go alone. And if you want to go far, go together. And I think that the fact of the matter is, if you want to scale your company, you're going to need to bring more people on. And, and we know that to be completely true. Yeah, I think that's, that totally makes sense. And I've heard that too. I think it's worth any of the whatever, like growing pains or totally. you know, figuring out who the right fits are personality wise. Because yeah, you can't, you can't do everything yourself. Exactly. Uh, exactly. And you can't be good at doing everything yourself. Yeah. And so you, what, I mean, you alluded a little bit to like the company that you guys worked at before, but what else, like, uh, we never talked really about like your background. Like, was there anything else that you did in the past or what your previous job was that kind of either set you up for wanting to do this, but also like that has given you ideas of like how you want to run a company. Like I know some of those people are like, well, I worked at this place and, you know, didn't like X, Y, Z. So I knew when I started a company, I wanted to do things differently or things like that. Like how? No, I really, I came, um, I graduated from college in the middle of the recession or really the start of the recession, um, had a harder time finding a job, got a job as an admin at a real estate development firm, which was phenomenal. It was such a great place to come up. It was so conservative and, and, polished and I almost recommend like everybody starts off their career at a place like that because then you can't it, it's harder to start off at a place that's casual and then be more formal. Yeah. So I that I think that informed a lot of the things that I was doing. But then I basically like kind of quickly fell into this role, which has been really super awesome. And I think that most of my education has come from being in the startup space. And then, and then really like asking people to teach me things and, and having great uh, friends and colleagues who are really phenomenal at, at um, sharing what works and what doesn't work. My best friend in Boston worked in operations too for a startup. And so she's kind of been my like great uh, person to bounce ideas off of. Oh yeah. That's great to have somebody, somebody like that. Totally. But, um, yeah. What else have you done? I mean, do you have any like tips and tricks? Like, like just if you were going to say one or two things that I don't know, have helped to make you be successful or that you have found to be useful along the way. I think investing in your career is so valuable. I joined a group dreamers and doers right when we started iPen women. So about three years ago, when I was really hemming and hawing about signing up, it was a monthly membership fee. But then I thought like the a number of stupid purchases I make every month are like, I should be paying money towards my career growth. And that's really helped me. And I think that we, as I said before, need to like retrain our minds to say, what's going to pay off more in the long run, like buying a pair of jeans or investing in your career and being able to like put money forth to say, this is, I want to see myself grow in this area. And then it's also being like promoting yourself, which, which is sometimes challenging, but like sharing brag, sharing wins and having a community that will support that is so awesome. So, so that's been really, really incredible for me. 
Yeah. Wait, tell us a little more about Dreamers and Doers because I haven't heard of that one. It's phenomenal. It's an online community on Facebook um, and they do a great job of really curating asks and brags and making a community that is so awesome for women to promote themselves, but to also have awesome opportunities, but not be like some, I think, online communities where it all it is is people promoting themselves. They do a great job of really um, or promoting their business, allowing you to do both, but in a really curated way. I highly recommend it. Okay. Definitely going to look into that. Good. Um, and wow. Okay. So that sounds amazing. Can I ask you like when you guys became profitable, like was the business making money from the beginning or I know sometimes it takes a long time for that. Um, uh, so that's a great question. So we've been making money from the beginning. Um, we make money from standard fees on crowdfunding business. Every time a backer backs a campaign, we get a fee from that. So right off the bat, we were making money, which has been really valuable. And it's something we tell women all the time is think about a service business or a business where you can you don't have to wait a long time before you're making money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. I mean, sometimes you hear people, I mean, even with big companies, like, they're like, oh yeah, we're finally turning a profit or something yeah. like that. And it's like, whoa, like, <laughs> I mean, I just can't figure out how pe- I know people get loans and things like that, but like, how have you been running a business this whole time and not making any money? I totally I think that's such an interesting kind of different aspect to it. Do you guys do anything like special when you hit like a milestone or reach a goal or anything like that with your business? Yes. We're having our three year anniversary coming up and we're going to have a team party. We are going to have a bigger party, but then sometimes it's just not a good use of time or resources. But I think we really try to share like all of the wins, like having a great crowdfunding campaign. We're really like super excited when there's a project that comes on. That's amazing. We definitely share that. We have a Slack channel where we all communicate and we're definitely sharing like personal brags um, of our team and brags for our business and really focus on that, right? Because entrepreneurship has like really great days and really crummy days. And I think Mm -hmm. when you have the crummy days, you need to think about, okay, this was a great day. This was like a banner day, which usually means like the next day will be a crummy day. (laughs) But I think that there are, there's like those pluses and minuses and, um, and really feeling so great about the pluses, I think help you get through the, the, um, the minus days. Yeah. So do you guys talk, uh, is Slack kind of like one of the primary channels you guys use to keep in touch? Yeah, hundred percent. Our whole team is on Slack and that's the main place we're communicating with people. Wow. Yeah. Um, so are there any specific projects that stick in your mind that have funded through your platform? That mm-hmm. sounds like you probably have really interesting businesses that you've heard of. and Totally. Um, so a big, a really popular uh, category in iPhone Women is spaces, like co-working spaces. So we had the Coven, which is a co-working space out of Minneapolis um, that's now expanding kind of in the middle of the country. That one raised $300,000. Luminary, which is in New York City. Kate Luzio started it. It's a co-working space for women. They raised over $300,000. Those ones are awesome. There's one that just got funded in Boston called uh, Take Market Sharing Mobile. It's a mobile soup kitchen. They had a goal of 15000 and have already raised 18000 They got funded in about three days. There's a project now, We Are Little Feminists, which is a kid's book series to diversify the uh, characters in, in children's literature, which is awesome. 
We have so many awesome projects. The downside of working for I Fund Women is that I spend a lot of money on female entrepreneurs. <laughs> oh yeah, are you tempted to donate to like all? Oh of ev- yeah, well not everyone, but like I, but anyone that resonates with me, I do, and it it then I'm like, shoot, I'm spending so much money. <laughs> yeah, but, but it feels good money. Yeah, and then you know when you see them funded, you're like. Wow, I, I helped to do that exactly. Well, and I think one. I guess you help all of them. By but that's really that. powerful. Is feeling like my money can make a difference in growing another business. Yeah. So, is there are there any in case anyone who's listening is interested in like taking part in the platform? Is are there any like tips and tricks for what makes a successful project? Like things that you've seen that kind of have made things stand out or that you can tell like, okay, that's likely to be successful. Yeah. Maybe not so much just from seeing so many of them. Totally. And it's something that we explore quite a bit. Uh, we know time and time again, it has nothing to do with the type of business. It a hundred percent has to do with the entrepreneur, their willingness to never give up, to promote their, their project and really their grit. Like, I think that it feels like I think like people just ask us what projects do best on I Fund Women. And it it is time and time again, it's the entrepreneur, their their drive and their desire to not ever give up. So does that mean like can you leave the projects up for a really long time? And like if they leave them up and keep going, it's more likely to go or you know, to be funded, or it's just like that's the type of person. I mean, you can Yeah, no. So, so most that. of our projects start off running for 30 days and then they definitely will extend for another month or two um, to keep raising money. But, it, but it's entrepreneurs who have done their homework, who have prepared, who have gotten coached, um, whether through iFund Women or through another platform, and who set a goal that's reasonable, not a goal that is you know, most people would love a hundred thousand dollars to to grow their business, but that's not what they need. They set a goal for what they need, and then they can always raise more than that. But setting a goal for the min- minimum amount of money you need to get your project off the ground is so critical. Mm, yeah, that's a good tip. And what happens? So if they set a goal and they don't reach the goal, what happens? Yep. So they get to keep whatever amount of money that they raise. Mm-hmm. Um, most of the entrepreneurs on our platform can do something with any amount of money. And it's up to them to really communicate to their audience how they're using and spending that money. Oh, interesting. Good. Yeah. So even if you only make like a little, you can figure out ways to use that to at least help get your business a little further. And then you could always raise more later. Totally. Oh, that's so cool. I think it must feel amazing to have, <laughs> to feel like you have a hand in helping all of these businesses get started and get off the ground. And also just like sharing them with other people because it's obviously a way for people to get their project or their business in front of people either before it exists or before it's gotten that big. And it might be one of the main ways that they're helping to spread the word about their their project, whatever it is, right? At first. Yeah, you're exactly right. And I think the fact that the matter is most people want to help, but you might have a business that's, let's say a jewelry business and your friends and family don't like the style of jewelry, but they want to support you. They want to see you be successful, but just whatever style of jewelry is not their style. That's where crowdfunding is so huge is being able to say, you can support me. You can give money to my business, but you don't have to buy what it is I'm selling. And I think that's something that people really um, have like really take advantage of and really, I think, aren't aware of with crowdfunding, but that's really meaningful. Yeah, that's a really good point. 
you don't have to actually like buy something and never wear it. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. You have the money and it's more helpful because when you buy the jewelry, obviously the, you know, the person's not keeping all that money, someone into the material, someone into the time, they're only having a small amount of the profit or whatever. Yeah. Whereas if it's, you know, you're just donating the money, they're actually getting to keep it all and use it. And so mm-hmm. it's really helping it go further. Exactly. And it feels good to be a part of something. It feels good to be able to like help a woman get her business off the ground. Yeah. So what do you guys, um, I mean, we already talked a little bit about like how you're, the things you're focusing on and kind of building in the next what couple months or so, anything else kind of in the future for you personally or the business? Yeah, I think that we're really, we really want people to think that iFund Women is the go-to place when they're starting a, a business for community, for connections, for capital, for coaching. They can get that all at iFund Women. And we also want people to think that this can be that I can start a business, that I know how to do this and I want to start a business from seeing what we're doing and the awesome projects that we've had. Yeah. And you guys also do host like local like in-person events and things like that too? Or do you have to be a member or somehow related? We've done. Yeah, we've done uh, um, done events, but it's um, but our really core business is is helping people through coaching and crowdfunding events is I think a whole other space and we're not really living in that space, but we get asked to speak at events all over the, um, all over the country, which is super fun. It's really awesome to get to talk to women, tell them about iPhone women and, and just get out and kind of travel to different cities. Yeah. Are there any things that you've noticed? One more question just about specific projects. (laughs) Are there any specific things you've noticed about like entrepreneurs or or businesses getting started in different parts of the country or like trends that you see like that happen in one area, but not another or anything like that? Or is that a weird question? No, it's not a weird question. Um, We definitely see some trends of what areas are really popular for us. So I think a lot of people think of like, entrepreneurship, New York, San Francisco, but Boston's been a huge market for us. Nashville has been a huge market for us of really a tight knit community. Oakland, California is another big area. We're definitely seeing like Atlanta popping up. So there are these other kind of ecosystems that are coming up that are outside of the traditional like entrepreneurship areas. Um, And we really want to help kind of facilitate more of those ecosystems by by partnering with government or partnering with co-working spaces to really promote iFund women in those areas. That's a really good idea. Cool. So is there one thing that you would tell this is the, this is something I ask everybody who comes on here, but I think it's like especially pertinent to you. <laughs> um, but is there one like piece of advice or thing that you would share with other people starting a business or going through business ownership that you wish you had known sooner or that you think is really useful in general? Totally. Yeah. Do not go it alone. Um, Don't keep your ideas secret or private because you're afraid someone's going to take your idea. That's like my number one piece of advice. I think so many people will say, um, you know, I have an idea, but I don't want to tell anybody about it because I don't want them to take it. Want to know what's scarier than someone taking your business idea is them taking it because you never did it because mm. you were too scared and you lived in a, in a, um, you lived in a, like a fear mindset instead of thinking I'm going to do this and I'm going to do it better than anybody else. And I'm not going to let fear get in the way. That is so huge. And in that same vein is tell people 
get feedback on your idea. Give your pitch to anybody and everybody and get advice, right? If, if you feel uncomfortable doing your pitch, find someone to listen to do it. Um, the most popular coaching sessions booked on iPhone Women is Pitch Honing 101. It's really having us help you hone down on your pitch, lock it down. And so that whenever you tell anybody about your business, the first time they hear about it, you are super, super confident giving the pitch. Because you don't want if someone... You get in front of someone, you tell them about your business and you're unclear, you're unconfident. That's their first impression of your business and it's not going to be a good one. So really just having a super strong pitch is very important. Uh, yes, I totally agree with both of those things you said. Those are such good tips. I think it's different than what people usually say, like some of the go-to tips and <laughs> tips and advice, but I think those are so, so important and they, it makes total sense. So thank you so much. That's really, really useful. Oh, you are welcome. Well, is there anything else that you wanted to share today? Um, anything else that I didn't ask that we should talk about? <laughs> anything at all? No, I, I love this podcast and I'm super excited to be on it and really just tell people more about the benefits of, of crowdfunding and of iFund Women and of investing in yourself and your career. That is so important. Yes, I agree. Tell people where they can find you, how to connect with you and with iPhone women yeah. um, outside of the show. Yeah. So you can connect with me on Instagram. My Instagram handle is anderson.kate. iPhone women and all social things were at iPhone women, one word. And then our website is iPhoneWomen.com or coaching.iPhoneWomen.com. So you can kind of get any of your questions answered there. And, and we always, we love connecting with people on Instagram. It's an easy way to kind of reach out to us and love talking to female entrepreneurs all day long. Awesome. Totally. Thank you so much for coming on here. I hope people will reach out to you after hearing this. I bet some will. And yeah, so people, you can go to Instagram and connect with Kate. Also, I always do a post for the show on the Female Millennial Entrepreneurs Instagram page. So your face will be up there. People can see it. So people can always connect in the comments on there too, if they want to. Um, and we'll direct everyone to you too. So I think this is so useful. And hopefully people listening have gotten ideas. And if anybody was thinking of doing some crowdfunding, they'll be ready to go. Definitely. Yep. And reach out to us. We're always happy to talk to any and every female entrepreneur or aspiring female entrepreneur. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on today. It was so good to talk to you. So great to talk with you too. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe to the Female Millennial Entrepreneur Podcast so you won't miss the next episode and leave a review on iTunes with your favorite takeaway from this episode. Also, don't be shy to get in touch with me or anyone you heard on the show. We're all about connecting and our Instagram handles and other links are always in the show notes and we're always happy to hear from you with thoughts, ideas, or even suggestions of someone you'd love to hear me talk to on the show. You can also submit guests online at polinapr.com slash podcast. Lastly, please drop a comment on the post for this episode on the podcast Instagram at Female Millennial Entrepreneurs to let me know you listened. Tune in next time.